0: I'd love you to stand to your feet now. Right now, we're in our series called Apprentice. This is part two. I'd love you to stand to your feet. Welcome the speaker, Nathan. He's going to bring God's word this morning. Yeah. It's great. Today is Nathan's birthday. Hey, it's very good. I won't tell you how old he is, but happy birthday, son. We, don't, we only do side hugs, too don't long. we? Too, too, too long, <laughs> et cetera. But why don't you wish Nathan a happy birthday as he comes to bring God's word. <laughs> Thanks. You can grab your seats. So good. And uh, he didn't tell you how old I was because that would reveal how old he is. And uh, if you didn't know, it's my dad, Paul, and... I'm Nathan, as I said, and I'm one of the pastors here at Icon Church. And if this is your first uh, time with us at Icon Church, We want to give you a huge welcome. And uh, we have this sign that says, Welcome Home. And uh, we really mean it. It's not just a nice sign, but actually we really mean it. We believe that this can be a home for many, many people. So come on, why don't we celebrate all those who are here for the first time this morning. So good. So we're in this series, Apprentice, and... Um, you know, like in the world now, there's a lot of apprenticeships options for young people and uh, seems to be more and more. And uh, for young people or even older people, they can get on an apprenticeship and learn a new skill or trade that then they're able to uh, transfer into a job in, in the future. Uh, there's this word in the Bible, disciple, uh, and in modern language, it would be better termed Apprentice. Apprentice, and the whole thought is that actually we get to learn, and we get to do what the person who's teaching us we get to do what they did, and uh, and so I, I'm loving this series because actually it teaches us, you know, kind of like, hey, here's what Jesus did, here's what he taught. Now you get to go and do it. I love that thought. I love the thought of Pentecost that there was this moment where the Holy Spirit came. Holy Spirit came, and then they didn't stay in the upper room. They didn't stay in that moment of, you know, I'm sure it was an incredible moment of God's power hitting them, but they didn't stay, they went. And I think it's the same for us, that we can come, and we can experience God, but then we're called to go. We've kind of got a flow and I've got an image uh, flow for this series and uh, it goes like this. So last week we talked about find and people finding Jesus and uh, it, it, they've got a little kind of tagline. He invites us to be with him. It's not religion but it's relationship and that we get to be with him. That it's not about, you know, have I I ticked off all the boxes today so that actually Jesus is happy with me? No, it's about a relationship and a relationship and doing life with Him. Today we're going to look at this word follow and people following Jesus. He teaches us to be like Him. That actually we get to be image bearers. Icon in the Greek... With the E on the front, we just dropped it because no one would know how to say it. We just dropped it and it looks cooler with the icon. But the icon in the Greek is that whole thought of image bearer, that we get to be an image bearer. And so he teaches us to be like him. And then next time we'll look at people leading like Jesus. He empowers us to do what he does. So let me pray and then we'll get into this. Oh, Firstly, I forgot. Welcome Darby and the people online. Come on, let's welcome our Darby location. So good we get to be in one room and we're excited for tonight as well, gathering together. But let's pray. And let's open our hearts to what God wants to do. Jesus, we thank you for today. Thank you that we can remember Pentecost and your Holy Spirit coming to empower us and to give us the power that actually we can live out the same power that raised Christ Jesus from the grave lives in us. And we thank you for that. We pray as we open our hearts to you that you'll speak to us in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Well, uh, many of you know my story in terms of um, my injury. Uh, Last September, uh, playing football, I snapped my Achilles tendon and uh, completely snapped it. I had like two microfibers just holding it together. And if you're a little bit squeamish, then I won't go into any more detail. Um, But mid-October, I had to have an operation to repair it and put it back together. And then there's been the long journey of uh, in a pot, in a moon boot. Many of you see me hobbling about on crutches. And, you know, uh, and, and so, you know, it's been a long journey. And so recently I've been able to start running again and uh, it was like you know like oh I can start running again it was quite demoralizing because I'm having to do um, so they advised me to do couch to 5k couch to 5k where literally you run for 60 seconds and then you walk for 90 seconds now if someone said to me prior to my injury you just run for 5k I'd be able to do it and do it you know in an okay time Uh, people who are familiar with couch to 5k call it C2 5k especially Kath, Kath. and uh, many of you know Kath she put it on uh, Facebook and uh, some of our young people replied uh, yeah we do C2 5k every Friday night <laughs> it's not a drug it's all right they were joking but it's this couch to 5k and, uh, and so I- I'm having to build strength and uh, build up leg muscles that have uh, you know just disappeared and so I'm having to do that and so I've been going to the gym as well and uh, I don't know if you're a gym goer but if you're a gym goer you walk in and there's a lot of noise there's a lot of noise that goes on in the gym one there's the music that the gym is playing two there's the chatter of the people who are talking and you're thinking haven't you come to work out like you've been stood talking for 30 minutes like, go to McDonald's. My gym's, like, literally near McDonald's, and it's dangerous. Um, like, go to McDonald's, have a coffee, go and chat there. Uh, I've come to work out. Um, there's the noise of that. There's, the, like, the screens are all around. There's the noise. There's a the noise of the weights of those big, heavy-lifted who do one rep and, like, grunt
1: and
0: and then drop the weights. Even though there's a million signs that say, please do not drop the weights, and uh, they do all of that uh, and there's the noise of the treadmills and there's just a lot of noise and I could easily get distracted by the noise and so I go in and I, I stick my headphones on and I have to turn them to full blast and uh, I have to do that because my headphones aren't noise cancelling which means basically I, I only hear the noises I want to hear and so I need to purchase some noise cancelling headphones I wish I'd preached this message two weeks before because someone could have bought them for my birthday I should have done it but uh, I walked into the gym the other day and there's two guys there they're having a conversation the problem was they're shouting at each other and here's why they're shouting at each other they've both got noise cancelling headphones on and they're like literally shouting at each other till one of the guys takes them off and goes oh yeah I need to take yours off as well and literally they are shouting at each other well life can be noisy can't it There can be a lot of noise in life. It can distract us and it it, it can cause us to to move away from maybe what we think we're called to. That actually, there's a lot of noise in life of what we should be like. Like you should act a certain way. I'll be honest, in my experience of growing up in the church, there's a lot of noise in the church of here's what you should be like, here's what you shouldn't do, here's what you should be like. And many times as a, you know, a a pastor's son, I would go against what people said I should be like and uh, be a bit of a rebel and all that. But there's a lot of noise in life of what we should be like. And sometimes because of the noise, we end up downgrading what we're called to be. We end up downgrading ourselves by conforming to what others think we should be like. That we're willing to live in a certain box and just fit in. And just be what everyone thinks we should be because maybe that'll be an easier life. Maybe that's what I should be like because there's all this noise going off. I got a quote. It won't say, tell you who the quote's from because it's by me. It's my birthday. You should just laugh at everything I say today. All right. It says this, people accept what is the same, but eventually respect what is different. People accept what is the same. Actually, people want us to be the same. They want us to be the same. They want us to, to live as uh, how they left to, to do what they do. They want us to live in the box because, oh, then it's easy. It's the same. But they eventually respect what is different. That actually there's this journey. Like I've come to find this in my life with friends outside of the church that many times they'll go, you're different. And I found that they respect me more because I'm willing to be who I'm called to be rather than just fit in a box, just fit in a box and begin to do that. You see, I think uh, we've also lost the art of opinion. We've lost the art of opinion. Like if we have a different opinion, then like we can't be mates. I think we should be able to have different opinions and still be best mates. Still be best mates. We were, um, we were at a wedding yesterday and a close friend of mine, like, he, like we call each other like one of best friends, doesn't come to church. Uh, he's chatting to Debbie and says, I'll never, I know, I'll never be a Jesus goer me like this. I'll never be a Jesus goer, but he don't mind because we're like best mates. Now I, I think he will. But I'm not going to say that to his face. I'm just going to love him be his mate, and I'm going to be who I'm called to be. And you know what? It speaks a lot louder. It speaks a lot louder than me going, yeah, but you will be, because here's, no, no, no. Here it is. Sometimes we fit him. Well, I want us to look at an example of Jesus, because Jesus teaches us to be like him, teaches us to be like him. And there's this story in Luke 19, verses one to 10. And uh, many of us, We'll have heard this story before, but I don't, don't switch off because the Bible has layers and there's always something new to reveal to it. There's always something for us. If I just open my heart to it, I believe God speaks to us. And we, we may have heard this story, like I've heard this story a whole load because I've been to more church services than I have changed my socks. Which I couldn't say that when I were about 15 because that weren't many times, but now I can So Luke 19, verses one to 10, it says this, "'Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. "'A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. "'He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. "'He wanted to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, "'he could not because of the crowd. "'So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, "'since Jesus was coming that way. "'When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, "'Zacchaeus, come down immediately. "'I must stay at your house today.'" So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he is gone to be the guest of a sinner. He began to mutter. Bit of noise there. But Zacchaeus stood up, said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today, salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham for the son of man came to seek and to save what was lost we pick up Jesus in this moment and he's just passing through it tells us he's just passing through but he's like at the height of his ministry everyone knows who he is so much so that a chief tax collector a guy wants to see who Jesus is And we know they're crowds because Zacchaeus can't get anywhere near him. And and he's short. So he's definitely, like we went to Disneyland and uh, Disneyland Paris and they put on this parade. And here's what I imagine, like Jesus is being like paraded through. Right, he's coming through and they're just crowds and crowds. Like we couldn't see it so much so I had like put Zion on my shoulders and so he could see what was happening and who was coming down the road. I imagine it was that moment and Zacchaeus as a short man, as the Bible tells us, as a short man climbs a tree and he wants to see who Jesus is. Can you imagine the noise that's going off, the commotion? Can you imagine people shouting Jesus? You can you imagine maybe even the need that is there? There's all this noise that is surrounding Jesus. It would have been easy for him to just live up to the noise. Can I, can I be honest? Sometimes when there's noise maybe around me and doing good and that, I like it and I can get distracted by it. And we can get distracted by the noise that is going off all around us. And we can get distracted in life by all the noise. We can even get attracted to it. We can get attracted to it. I wonder if, as Jesus is walking through, how many people wanted something from him? They wanted something from him. You know, how many times in life do people want something from us, not something for us? And it's so powerful that we end up giving in to the noise, the noise of life. And we give in to that noise. Recently, I've been on a bit of a journey of kind of like self-improvement, want to improve myself. I'm 33 now. And so I best get my life together, sorted out. I've got a son. He's five, want to be a good example. And so, and and naturally, well, I say this naturally, I have probably made the choice. I'm, I'm quite a lazy person it's alright, we're in church, we can be honest I'm quite a lazy person at times and so I've been watching YouTube videos and any, anyone who watches YouTube videos you end up going down a wormhole of YouTube videos on, on Tuesday night we had a certain prayer meeting and we used some of the uh, some of the um, I forgot what it's called, worship why did that go out of my head? some of the worship from another stream just to worship together. And uh, so I'd put this video together and it was on my account on YouTube and the video ended and uh, I get up to lead the prayer meeting and and there for everyone to see is display is my suggested YouTube videos, which 90% were Ryan's toy review of Watch Zion Watchers. And... Uh, yeah, the less we say about that, the better. But I, I went down this, like, you know, and end up clicking on, like, yourself open. I end up clicking on this one video, and here he is, this Marine guy, like, all-American Marine guy, and he's telling you how to get the best out of life. You know, and it's super pumped, American, like, it's going to be amazing. You should get up at 5 a.m. What? And the first thing you should do is make your bed because you feel like you've achieved something. I haven't made my bed for 33 years. Like, what is happening here? And then when you've made your bed, you should go to the gym and work out. And I'm like, can I have a coffee or or something to wake me up or do? So I decided, okay, I'm going to do something, do something about it. So I'll wake up at 7 a.m. Hey, that's early. Zion usually gets up around half past seven. He's good, he's good at sleeping in. And so uh, half past seven is our alarm clock usually. And uh, he differs a bit, but he's good. But, so I thought, right, 7 a.m. So I got up and uh, Debbie was at work. I get up at 7 a.m. stood there. I'm like, this is early. And like anyone with kids who get up before 7 a.m. I'm like, thinking, what are you on about, Nathan? And so I'm there and I'm like, okay. So I made my side of the bed. And I thought, I'll best make Debbie's side as well <laughs> at the same time. But what I came to realise is there's a lot of noise in life of how we should live, what we should be like, you know. And I, I understand I'm wired differently. That that marine guy will be in bed for nine o'clock. I'm like, you've got no life. Like no one's awake at five a.m. I want to talk to people. I want to interact with people. Everyone's still awake at nine p.m. You're missing out, marine guy. Just stay in bed till seven. You, you have a be- I'm gonna make a video. I'm gonna make a YouTube video. I'm gonna go, wake up at 7 a.m. and get the most out of life. (laughs) But there's a lot of noise in life of how we should live, what we should be like. I guess Jesus experienced that, that his what it is. And he teaches us to be like him, but he doesn't just teach us, he shows us. A few chapters earlier in Luke 15, Jesus tells three stories. He tells three stories because there's muttering. There's a lot of chatter about who he hangs around with, and so he tells three stories. He tells a story of a lost sheep, and he says there was this shepherd who had a hundred sheep, and one of them went missing. He left the ninety-nine with his mate, and he went and found the one. And when he found the one, he put it on his shoulders. He brought it back to the ninety-nine, and then threw a huge party and celebrated. And then he, then I'm guessing Jesus thinks the penny's not dropped. So let's use coins. Dead joke. (laughs) There's a woman with some coins and she loses one. And so she sweeps the house. She goes into the places. She's not cleaned for about three months. Look, we can be honest. We've all got them. Okay, just our house. And she sweeps the house. She turns the house upside down. She's wanting to find this coin. And when she finds it, she rings her mates and says let's party because there was a coin that was lost and now it's found and then he tells a story of the prodigal son son who lived with his family but went away you know and he said I'm 33 years old dad I want my inheritance now I just yeah later (laughs) and his father gives him his inheritance and he goes off Wild living, Las Vegas, wherever it may be in those days. He goes off, wild living. And he ends up in this place, he's got nothing left. He's feeding pigs and he's eating the pig's food and he's sleeping with the pigs. And he has this moment of revelation of saying, even the workers in my dad's house don't live like this. I'll just go back and I'll say, I'm not worthy to be your son. I'm not worthy to be your son. Just make me one of your workers. Because I know I'll be treated better than I'm being treated right now. He comes back, and the father sees him a long way off. It says a long way off, a far way off, and he runs to him, embraces him. The son like tries to reveal, like do the speech, but I think the father just ignores it. puts a robe on him, puts a ring on him, and says, "Hey, let's let's kill the fattened calf, like the fattest one we've got, because we're gonna party. Because this son of mine was lost, but now he's found." See, Jesus teaches these stories. Like, I got, I got thinking about that third story. Like, like, how long did the father wait? Like, like he's on the end of the driveway. How long is he waiting? How long is he waiting for the son? Like, I'm wondering, like, the father's got workers who he can still pay. So he's got some money and he's given his inheritance. So the wild living didn't just happen by one night. Happened over a period of time. How long was the son feeding the pigs? And in that moment before he got the revelation of, even my father's workers don't live like this. And yet the father is waiting. He's waiting for him, waiting patiently. I wonder how many times there was noise to the father from the workers of, hey, you need to come and sort this. You need to come and sort this out. And he'll go, hey, do this or you sort it because i got to wait because my son's coming back. I'm believing my son's coming back. I'm going to wait patiently for this. Who, Who knows what's happening? There's noise going off and Jesus tells these stories, but then he doesn't just tell the stories. He lives it out. He lives it out. He begins to live it out because Zacchaeus, like I've heard preaching on Zacchaeus and people say, "Hey, Jesus calls you by name, Zacchaeus, which he does. But everyone knew who Zacchaeus was. He's a chief tax collector. He's a traitor. He's a traitor to the people. Here's why. Because the Roman government like, were oppressing the Jews. And so here's the thing. Zacchaeus has switched sides to the Roman government. You know, It's like being an Arsenal fan moving to being a Tottenham fan. I mean, why would you do it? Anyway. But here's the thing. Zacchaeus is a traitor. Everyone knows him. But no one wants to be with him. Everyone knows him, no one wants to be with him. And in this moment of all this noise and the crowd all around him, he looks at Zacchaeus and says, Zacchaeus, sort your life out. Hmm? Zacchaeus, I'm hungry, I'm come into your house. Let's have a meal together. Let's spend some time together. Let's just hang out. Like, how many times do we try and fit into a box? of like this is what we should be like rather than actually I'm going to be who I'm called to be and hang out with a few people. How, how many times do we listen to the muttering and the chatter that goes on all around us of this is what you should be like. You shouldn't be, shouldn't be hanging around with that person. You shouldn't be going after that person. And yet here's the thing. Jesus looks at Zacchaeus, the traitor, the one no one values. And he says, I value you. I'm coming to your house. I'm coming to your house, Zacchaeus. See, what I love about this story is we don't hear what Jesus said. Because I don't, Think he said anything groundbreaking? Because in the story, it tells us there's there's some muttering. He's gone to be a guest of a sinner, and when there's the muttering, and then it just goes, and so Zacchaeus responds. Why? Because I feel valued. I feel loved. Someone actually just says, "Hey, come as you are. It doesn't matter your past." doesn't matter what's going on in your world. Just come as you are. You see what Jesus is about? I want to be about. He teaches us, hey, there's a lost sheep. Go and get it. Bring it back. There's a lost coin. Go and find it. There's someone who's walked away. Wait patiently for them. Pray for them. Believe, but be waiting on the end of the driveway for them to come back. And you know what? If it doesn't happen in a week, keep waiting. If it doesn't happen in a year, keep waiting. Keep believing. Keep believing. Like, what a picture of God and Jesus that he stood on the end of the driveway. Like, I, like it doesn't say he waited there every day, but I know he waited there every day because it's like he was a long way off. He's a far way off. It wasn't like one of his servants ran back to him and says, hey, your son's back. He's a far way off. And he runs to him. See, we should wait. Wait patiently. Whether in Derby, here in Chesterfield. Let's be about what Jesus is about. After the one. The band can begin to come back because I got one point, one simple point. I tried my joke that I did in the 915 service, but it's one simple point because I had to preach this to the 915 service. Yeah, it died again. I, sorry, Darby, but I said, that, I said to the 915 service that like we have to have one simple point because I'm preaching it to Darby later. I didn't mean it. I love you all, really. Here it is. Here's the one simple point. Look for the ones no one's looking for. Look for the ones no one's looking for. There's a whole load of noise going off around Jesus. No one wants to hang around with Zacchaeus and he's wanting to show us and teach us. I'm after every single one, even the ones no one wants to associate with, even the ones who people say, hey, they're too far gone. Even the ones who say, hey, God couldn't change me. Even those ones, I'm going after those. Look for the ones no one's looking for. Because many times we get distracted and attracted to the noise, but maybe we have to look for the ones no one's looking for. See a question for you: Who have you been overlooking that Jesus wants you to see? Who have you been overlooking that Jesus wants you to see? When you walk into your workplace tomorrow, who does Jesus want you to see? Your family? Who have you been overlooking that actually Jesus wants you to see? People around you, friends, whoever, who does Jesus want you to see? Uh, when the Manchester bombing happened at the Ariana Grande concert, uh, there was an interview with one of the first paramedics that was on the scene. Him, his name was Paddy Ennis, and uh, he walks into this like catastrophic environment. There's noise all around, there's screaming. Everything's going off. It's pandemonium, it's chaos, as you can imagine. And in that moment, he says, I froze because of what was happening all around me. It was chaos. And like, he just froze. And then he remembered his training. He said, I, Hey, hey, no, no, don't look for the screaming ones. Where are the quiet ones? Where are the quiet ones? Because those who are screaming are still breathing. But it's the quiet ones I need to get to, to help bring back to life. I wonder if there are quiet ones in our world quiet ones wherever we may be who, 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 who died on the inside but need to be raised back to life through Jesus and yet we've been caught up in the distraction of all the noise that's going off maybe we need to grab some noise cancelling headphones for our soul and for our heart so that actually we can begin to look for the ones no one's looking for those ones on the sidelines those ones who don't say much those quiet ones that need Jesus I love the ending of every single one of these moments because he says Jesus says hey for he for the Son of Man did not come uh, for the Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost he came for every single person there's something really powerful in this story and sometimes we can miss it because we don't understand the context but he says, today salvation has come to this house and this man too is a son of Abraham. Zacchaeus, like this is, this is status. Like you call yourself a son of Abraham, you've got status in that world, right? And they would like disown you. But Zacchaeus, the traitor. Zacchaeus, the one who's cheated us all out of our money. Zacchaeus, the one who's gone to the other side and the enemy And Jesus obliterates all of that and says, hey, Him... Zacchaeus, the traitor, the one you don't value, I value and he too is the son of Abraham. See, I don't know who you are in this place. Maybe you've walked into this place and you're thinking, God could never love me, my past, my history. Maybe even just last night, you're thinking, hey, you don't know what I did last night, Nathan. But I wanna tell you that he calls you a son and a daughter of his. He's for you, whoever you are, whatever your past, whatever it may be, he's for you. So let's not get distracted by the noise. He calls us all. He calls us all. See, Jesus was willing to ruin his reputation for Zacchaeus. Reminds me of him calling Levi. I've run out of time again, but there's a story of Levi, the calling of one of the disciples in Luke 5, 27 to 32. And he calls Levi. Levi, again, is a tax collector. And he calls Levi out of that. And then Levi throws a party. And guess who goes to a tax collector's party? Some wrong And there's muttering. But Jesus didn't, Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost. You know? See, this message is not for the morally elite. This is for everyone. Whoever you are. Whatever you've come with. This is for every single person. And here's what it is. If he's about it, I'm gonna be about it. I'm gonna go searching for the one. I'm gonna go looking for the one. I'm gonna stand on the end of my driveway and wait for them to come home and celebrate and celebrate even more when they come home. See, there's no sides, it's just humanity. It's every single person. And here's what we have to do. We will have to see others differently. And we will have to see each other differently. If we want to be like Jesus, want to do what Jesus did, we're going to have to see things differently. We'll have to see people differently. I want to close. I wrote The Church I See. I know Paul wrote one last week and he kind of challenged me to write one. And um, I told the first service, I did English language at A level or AS level first year, but I only went to 15 lessons. So don't expect too much. And he's a wordsmith and, you know, I play football for Pinkston. But this is what I wrote. The church I see welcomes people home with a message of come as you are. The church I see is on mission whilst one remains. Creating an atmosphere as we do this of creativity, generosity, passion, empowerment and positivity. The church I see lives with the attitude of we get to do this. The church I see is this church. The church I see is Icon Church. The church I see is Icon Church. Come on, let's stand and let's worship him together.